How's it going, guys? Just want to give you a quick introduction to this one. It's going to be a little different. This is actually a pre-recorded interview that I did a couple of days ago with at the Commish FFP. They are on Twitter. If you want to find them there, they're doing a lot of good things. They're a fantasy football podcast. They're growing their brand. This is the second time they've had me on. Um, they've always been really, really great to me. They asked me about OBJ, Todd Gurley, Evan Ingram, Matt Stafford, a few other things. Um, that we got into. So those are just a handful of the players that Scott Barrett and I are going to put out in our injury discount article at fantasypoints.com that's coming out soon. So you can get kind of an idea of how I feel about them personally um, to get a full comprehensive thought of how Scott and I both collectively think about these players and, and, a, and a ton of other players. Make sure you go to fantasypoints.com, subscribe, um, get that injury discount article that's coming out soon. So that's all. Make sure you uh, enjoy this interview that I have that I did with at the Kamish FFP. So let me know how it goes. He's the Judge. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. That's right. Joe Judge came out and basically said. Evan Ingram is not a lock to be ready in week one, which makes sense because he had the list Frank injury that happened in December. He had surgery in December and he, the, the um, average return to sport time, turn to play time for the list Frank surgery is 10 months, but the standard deviation is three months. So basically what that means is that it can happen on average. The player can come back to play between seven months and 12 months. Mm. So it's literally like, or 13 months, I guess. Um, it, it's just a crapshoot, right? So the average, when you bring it back to the center, is about 10 months. So the fact that he's going to be in September nine months removed and that, that Joe Judge is saying that they're not exactly right, they're not blowing smoke up our rear. That's actually, a, there's a pretty good, not pretty good, but there's a chance that Evan Ingram isn't even ready for week one. And sure. since he's not going to be ready for week one, that makes me even more nervous for his, for his outlook because he's already going to be volatile because we know that that 20% dip in production happens for players after the list Frank injury. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm even lower. I felt like I was low on him the last time that we talked, and I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm probably even lower now. Yeah, so uh, just for myself, and uh, <clears throat> Josh, I'd be curious to hear what you think. We did. I actually took that episode, I cut it, and I did like a small article on – Evan Ingram as to where I had him in my rankings. We haven't officially done our tight end rankings, but I've been seeing everybody having him closer to that tight end five and four spot. Just because, like again, if he was healthy, that's where you'd want him, dude. I've dropped into my uh, to my tight end eleven. There are only a few number of guys that I have that I'm like, you know, I try not to let injury or injury concerns affect my rankings because that can happen to anybody. But like Dalvin Cook is one of them. AJ Green is one of them. Evan Ingram is one of them for me. So I just can't get around. I can't, I can't wrap my head around a player that's continuously injured the way he is. And you basically put it into perspective as to how it is going to affect his play. And then just hearing you right now is obviously confirming all that. Yeah. One other quick thing I'll add is if Evan Ingram does start the season on PUP for some reason, if things are really going bad, I don't think Rhett Ellison is the guy you want to add. I think you want to go a little bit deeper on the depth chart and pick up Caden Smith. I think he has far more upside than Rhett Ellison. Um, and if you're picking up a tight end off the waivers as your second tight end for just kind of establishing early in the season, I think Caden Smith is the guy over Rhett Ellison. Awesome. Good stuff. Cool. All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate that breakdown. Uh, and you know, just the fact that we're even getting some updates on, on Evan Ingram in real time here. Um, so let's go through these four players. We're going to talk about, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We're going to talk about Chris Carson, Matthew Stafford, and we'll, we will actually go into more detail on Todd Gurley. 
But first, man, let's start with OBJ. Uh, he had a – I already said this. I wasn't going to go into the injury, but I'll just kind of set the table for you. He had a groin problem, I believe, a sports hernia issue. I think he had surgery in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I'll let you take it from there. Okay. So you cut out. I was listening to you. You said sports hernia surgery. Oh, you're, you're talking about OBJ, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was like – I thought I heard the name, and I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how sad is it that I've got these guys memorized by their injuries, though? Nah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, OBJ, man, he is going in the third round, which is nuts to me. He's going in the third round, but we know that the sports hernia injury is something that players can get over, especially after they have the surgery. Uh, the surgery is one of the most effective orthopedic surgeries that we have. Uh, their surgery is actually not a catch-all. We like to think that, oh, yeah, if something happens, you have surgery, surgeon cuts you open, fix it, fixes it, and then sews you back up. We actually – are learning more and more every day that some surgeries aren't necessary. And some surgeries actually, um, depending on the situation, might make you worse. And that's Mm. not to say that surgeons are bad. That's not to say that surgery is bad. It just means that surgery isn't as safe, quote unquote safe, as we like to think that it has been in the past. Um, And so you see that with you see that with, with when you have a surgery that's successful, you want to use it, right? The Tommy John comes to mind. Um, the sports hernia comes to mind. Even a basic like a scope where you clean up, quote unquote, clean up. Um, those are those are relatively safe surgeries. Uh, but when you have the sports hernia surgery and you know that it has good outcomes, I don't understand the fading that happens. The fact that that Odell said himself that he played through the sports hernia on his own, and then Jarvis Landry played through his freaking torn labrum, um, and you know, you have two wide receivers essentially that are going, OBJ's going in the third. I think Landry's going in the 10th. Man, I would smash, I'm smash taking OBJ, um, especially like at the beginning, like the front end of the second. I'm smashing that wow. pick. I think that he's that early, huh? perform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, considering he's just, he's just too talented, in my opinion. Like, I know that the quarterback situation is a little murky, um, but from, I think that and I don't say this so often about a lot of players, but I legitimately think that the injury was what plagued Odell last year. Yeah, I had heard that he had been injured in the preseason. That was kind of when this all kicked off. So my impression that I was going with was that he had been overcoming an injury that was definitely causing him pain in 2019. So if you're saying with the surgery, a lot of that pain is gone, I'm, I'm on with you. I took him in the third round of a draft yesterday, and I was hyped for it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot to take him. Yeah. So Edwin, I did a buy or sell with Sky Guasco over the TCK podcast and the <clears throat> sort of the, the, the buy or sell narrative that we were uh, debating here was whether or not OBJ can play or will play a 16 game full season healthy. I bought it uh, with my limited knowledge, with my limited knowledge of, of surgeries. And uh, to your point, <laughs> <laughs> to your point, uh, you know, it seemed like the surgeries are becoming, again, I don't know which ones are, are, I don't know which ones are not as necessary or needed, but it seems like the ones that athletes go through, like the one that Big Ben went through and the, you know, Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen and, um, or the, these types of things, they come back better. So it seemed like OBJ was on track for potentially being the healthiest he's ever been. And yeah. so that's the reason why I bought mm-hmm. it. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, no, I do. Um, the 16 games thing, that's tough just because even if he doesn't, you know, even if he doesn't hurt the the groin again, there's only 2.3% of game of NFL games are injury free. Sure. Um, that's why like the 16 games, but like the larger point of can he 
play a majority of vast majority of the season. Yeah. I'm all over that. I think that, I think that from, from a groin perspective specifically, I think that he's, he's going to be just fine. Awesome. Love it, man. Cool. All right, let's move on here. Chris Carson fractured hip. Is that basically what happened to him? Yeah. He he Mm forewent surgery. So, Mm -hmm. so the thing about Chris Carson is that it's so difficult to pinpoint exactly how to project him because it's like 7% of all injuries in the NFL are hip related. And then of that 7%, it's like 40% of them or something like that are actually related to, to like a muscle, something muscle related. So even a smaller percentage than that have to do with fractures. And so there's limited data to really discuss what's going to happen with him. There's limited data to know, you know, what's going to, how, how that hip is going to respond to NFL play again. And so just because it's, it's, you know, ambiguous, it just makes me a little nervous. I don't know how it's going to react. Did he need surgery? And then, you know, the surgeon said, well, you know, you can maybe get by, um, but you might need surgery in the past. You might refracture it or, Hey, maybe we should do surgery. What do you think? I just would like to know how that conversation went and why he decided to go against surgery, what the surgeon saw, uh, what the CT scan looked like, et cetera. So basically all of that is a roundabout way to say that we, I'm not certain that he can get through the 20 to the 2020 season healthy. Um, but I don't mean that in like, an, like, Oh, gee, I don't know if he can do it. I just mean that in a legitimate, you know, the most earnest way I could say is like, I really don't know if he's going to be fine. And if that hip is going to be fine in 2020. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Um, for people that are listening and let's say that they're high on Chris Carson and they're, let's say not so concerned with uh, a, a major medical setback. Should we, I mean, do hip, injuries typically affect their ability to move during so, the seat like you, you, you know what i'm saying here like like mm-hmm. you know th- their ability to sort of respond like say early in the season or later in the season like how does that typically happen yeah so and that's the thing too is like we just don't know the specifics yeah. so if he fractured like what's called like the the femur so the the sort of <laughs> i'm gonna use this word the shaft of the femur that's what you call it right sure. um you, if you just fractured it on the outside, that's one thing because that can sort of um, rebound easily. If the fracture went inside the hip, if it was an intra-articular fracture, which means basically like the ball portion of the, of the hip joint of the femur, sure. um, and, it, and, it, and it spread into that cartilage, you know, we just don't know how severe it was, how bad it was. We assume it wasn't that bad because he didn't have surgery, but we just don't know. And so if it did get into that joint, that's where all the weight bearing happens. And if that, if he still has like a catch there, or if he has a torn labrum, which a lot of people have a torn labrum that, you know, all of a sudden because of that triggered a painful response from that mm. torn labrum, like there's just so many question marks up in the air about Chris Carson um, that could have, that could really impact how he moves because of potential pain that might be on board. But he's one of those guys that like, I wouldn't, it, like you said before, you try not to move players too far up and down ranks because of their injury, you know, history, because it could happen to anybody. Um, I would argue that Chris Carson is like somewhere in between move, someone you should absolutely move down or someone that you shouldn't move at all because of all the question marks. Like you just don't know. And so to account for that, um, I'm basically saying I don't necessarily want him in any, you know, even like the first seven rounds, six or seven rounds of wow. the drafts, just because of that. Um, depending on what rankings you're looking at, obviously. Um, I'd have to look at what the, what the dudes have over at fantasypoints.com. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's got a lot of question marks around him and that's why I'm not as confident in him. I think you saw Seattle with the same question marks with their 
offseason actions, taking DJ Dallas in the fourth round of the NFL draft and bringing in a guy like Carlos Hyde. Um, and while Carlos Hyde isn't the biggest name on the free agent market, he's someone that they can depend on to come in and get 15 carries a game if they need him to, if Carlos Hyde isn't available. So. And is it something for, uh, let's say, fantasy owners uh, based on the fragility of, of the hip on, based on the injury? Is it something that we would find out about prior to the season or early in the season based on how he's feeling? Like, is it something that would get re-injured quick? Or is it something that he would play through like an OBJ and we wouldn't find out about it until the end of the year? And we basically drafted a broken down Chris Carson, just we didn't know. Yeah, I think that it's, it could be. So I said this with Gurley, right? And I think this is where a, it doesn't even have to be me, but an injury analyst eye uh, can tell you a lot, right? Because by the time we got to like week three or four, I was saying pretty definitively about Gurley, and I'm not trying to sound like a D-bag. Like, I'm not saying, oh, I was right. Yeah. But, like, anybody with my type of training was saying by week three or four, like, oh, Gurley's obviously a different dude, right? We were all saying it. We were all talking about it. It was pretty much, well, like, common knowledge. Like, that knee's obviously affecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw it in his lack of burst. You saw it in his confidence. You saw it in the usage. You saw it everywhere. The signs were everywhere, but there were still quite a few people that were like, oh, you know, sort of wait and see. Some articles were like, oh, you know, buy low targets, Todd Gurley. You should trade for Todd Gurley. Um, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a similar situation with Chris Carson. I think that by the time week three or four rolls around with Carson, we're going to know pretty definitively how severe yeah. that hip specifically might be treating him. And if he's not on the injury report or if he is on the injury report with like a hip specifically – um, or like with a leg, you know, if you see leg on the injury report, then we can pretty confidently say like, oh, you know, that obviously was, tr- is, is nagging. It's something that's bothering him. It's something that we don't know if the, the NFL grind is going to let him get better um, anytime soon. So that's it's something to keep an eye on. Awesome. Cool. All right, man, let's move right along here. Matthew Stafford pretty much was on a path for career numbers last season. And then he got split in half, like freaking you know, origami. So, yeah. um, Stafford. yeah, he had, he had, this is the second year in a row. I'm a little concerned about him just because he's had two years in a row where he's had vertebral fractures. Um, the first year it's like, okay, that happens. You, you, you fracture part of your, part of your back. Um, it occurs. It's not uncommon necessarily. Um, at the same it sounds time, painful. Is that, is that just me? Oh, like dude, it's super painful. It no, sounds like it's through it too. That's right? insane. Like, yeah, guy. He, and you can't do anything about it either. And like, uh, and like one of the things to consider too is like, I know this is like sort of off topic, but yeah. like from a biological evolutionary standpoint, like we haven't, as humans, we haven't been upright in a long time uh, for a, for a long time, I guess I should say, like relatively speaking, right? Like we're still sort of evolving and adapting to um, having like an upright torso and, and spine and stuff like that. And so that's why everybody has back pain. I mean, it's just a part of um, a part of life. But it's specifically, especially when you get injured, your body sort of freaks out and doesn't know what to do. And it wants to stabilize, right? Our body, our brain's job, it wants to stabilize everything. So when you get these fractures, your brain can, and it doesn't happen to everybody, but potentially your brain will send signals to your muscles, telling your, your back muscles to, to spasm because a spasm, what it does and what your brain interprets the spasm as is like, oh, we're going to give this portion of our body stability. We need to stabilize this portion of the body with the muscles because the bones need to heal it needs to be painful because then that's going to slow this, this human down and make them sit so that they don't continue to cause potential, you know, more damage. It's a whole, it's a whole cascade of events. And like, sure. it's so difficult. It's funny. Like I'm a physical therapist, right? So like, you think this would happen to me? I recently tweaked my back 
And I was like thinking to myself how debilitating this is, but I was still like walking around like at work and stuff. And I can't imagine playing an NFL game like with like my back, like my yeah. back pain, right? I mean, I'm not an NFL caliber athlete, but like I was walking around thinking like, man, how do these dudes do it? Cause it can just be debilitating. And I didn't even have fractures necessarily. So all of that is to say like two years in a row, 32 years old, I, I am a little nervous depending on where you're taking him. I'd be careful. I'm, I'm not necessarily an advocate for carrying two quarterbacks, but I wouldn't go it alone with just Matthew Stafford. Where was the injury to his back? Is it upper back, lower back? So it was a mid back, I think. It was a thoracic, um, which is even more odd. It's like peculiar um, because usually you see those, I think, I'm assuming if he had the most common, it's called a fracture of the pars interarticularis, which is the, intraver- the, the vertebral sort of arch towards the back of the spine where that fractures. Um, if that's where it was, then that that's like pretty common. But the fact that it was in the, in the mid back was, was strange to me. It was, it was a little interesting. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at with Matthew Stafford is that he could very easily fracture again. Um, if he's had it two years in a row, you know, he's more likely to have it. Got it. Okay. So that's, so basically in other words, like everyone's feeling pretty high on Matt Stafford again, just because of the numbers he put up last season. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, he was having a he was having a fucking hell of a year. Um, my my que- sort of my my question to you on this particular on the Matt Stafford injury is: Is it a scenario where he can hurt it just by throwing, or is it a scenario where he needs to get sacked awkwardly to hurt it again? Yeah, good question. Um, it's <laughs> it's an again, it's, again it's, it's a good question yeah it's a fo- um, it's a football play right but i'm mm-hmm, saying but you mm-hmm. get we get the point right because it's like if he's that fragile where he throws it and he tweaks it in like badly then all of a sudden it's like damn i don't even know if i want to pick him because that could happen there's, yeah point. and there's something to be said about how he throws right and then how the anatomy you're asking really good questions by the way so <laughs> the the anatomy and i don't know if you like looked into this or knew i don't know how maybe it's all those packets you've been reading so but the way that <laughs> um the way that the that the human body works essentially right the spine every time you extend backwards you're 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 compressing the back of the of the vertebrae right and like that's not bad inherently like compressing people hear the word compress like oh that's bad like that's just the way the body moves you're you're compressing it but there is something to be said about constant shearing boom 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 compression right how many times is he and if you think about the motion of throwing a football right he extends the arm back he extends the, the 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 back backwards you know as you do and like how much is he how much torque is he putting on his back like, is he, that continuous repetitive torque, is that what's affecting his, his bones' ability to stay upright, you know, mm. to not fracture? So could it happen when he's throwing? Yes. And could it happen when, he's get, when he gets sacked? Yes. So, like, yeah. that's the point that I think you're trying to make is, like, it's overall just sort of more volatile than it would be for any other player. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, the other thing that concerns me is, like, and, again, if anybody listening has had back problems, I'm one of them that shit comes out of nowhere. Like there's no rhyme or reason to mm-hmm. why you would get a back problem. It's usually if you're like sweeping up crumbs from the ground, it's like right. stupid shit, like things that you mm-hmm. can't even imagine. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that he can come into the season saying he feels fucking phenomenal and everyone's going to jump on the Matt Stafford hype train. But the reality is, is that the next day he could throw the ball fucking sideways and all of a sudden he's, he's got that back problem again. So exactly. He doesn't have to, that's a good point. He doesn't have to fracture the back to get back pain again. Exactly. Uh, Dude, it's yeah. So, all right. So that, I mean, that it hurts me personally because I love Matt Stafford. (laughs) He's good. No. Yeah. He's, you know, he was was balling out last year. 
Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but I'd rather have the facts and not draft Matt Stafford knowing that he's <laughs> going to have some issues or at least pick him up late. Um, so Josh, any, any thoughts on Matt Stafford there? I think we might've lost Josh. Yeah. All right. No worries. Let's move on here. Uh, we'll catch Josh back up. Um, last guy. So, all right, we've been talking about Todd Gurley. We've had conversations on both episodes. The first one that you were on, I think we linked Todd Gurley to, I think it was Evan Ingram or Dalvin Cook, one of those guys. Uh, and we just talked about him again, but let's really sort of, I want to dive into Todd Gurley specifically because I can't tell again if it's the mental or if it's the physical or possibly both. I've been someone who's been really kind of waving the mental banner over the physical banner. Mm. And so in my head, I'm kind of like, well, a new environment does a lot of good for a lot of people. And maybe this is the same case with Todd Gurley. So based on your expertise, how bad are the knees? So when you look at Todd Gurley, right? So he has symptomatic osteoarthritis and there's no way around it. I, I, hate to discuss it in this way because every time we have patients that come in like just regular everyday patients off the street right the whole goal with them is to not scare the shit out of them we're like hey you have this condition you can see it on an x-ray your your surgeon's shown you that it's on an x-ray like but it's okay like you're gonna get better um it's you're you weren't that symptomatic like we just try to downplay this because it is it's not like a huge deal but a lot of people get wrapped up in like oh i have I have arthritis. I have arthritis. I have arthritis. I can't move. I can't do this. I can't do that. And is, is it, is it painful? Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's also manageable. Right. The thing about having OA as an NFL athlete at the top of the food chain in terms of athleticism is that it does zap a ton of your potential, a ton of your upside. It zaps how much you can actually do from an athletic perspective, simply because you don't know what you're going to, what you're going to get every day that you wake up. So you can wait, you can be feel fine all week, um, and I said, this, I said this to somebody this week, like he can feel fine and practice all week. And then right. on Sunday, it's just a bad day and he's a scratch. That's sure. the possibility with arthritis. Um, so, and then you also have to consider that it's not just pain that comes into effect with arthritis. It's also, um, what you call arthrogenic inhibition, which is just a fancy phrase to basically say you get a lot of swelling in your knee and your muscles don't work because your brain's trying to figure out what to do. So you yeah. literally can't fire muscle. Like it, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you're not gonna be able to fire a quad. Um, as, as efficiently as you, as you need to, to be an NFL player. And so that's part of what, when you say like mental and physical there, there were probably games last year that we were watching with Gurley where it looked like, man, what, what the hell? Why didn't he just make that cut Mm. where it was like, maybe it wasn't even mental. Maybe he like knew he was like, Oh, I need to make that cut. And he was like, God, I just don't have my legs under me. Like that would very well. And it wasn't even because of pain, you know, that could very well have been the case. So we're a year later we're more miles. This is where injury mileage does matter. When you have this type of condition, you're another a year older and you're one hit away from it spiraling out of control to where you just have symptoms, you know, every other day, it's just a volatile situation. Like I'm not saying he's not talented and I'm not saying there's not going to be opportunity in Atlanta, but when you look at his knee and the conditions specifically that he's dealing with and his history and everything we know about him, hmm. it's an extremely volatile situation really? um, okay. that, that you're headed into with Gurley. Yeah, dude, that's that, that's interesting. Again, similar to staff, or like I'm really I'm trying to pull for Gurley here because I, I really didn't like him all that much when I was first. You know, he sort of first came onto the scene, and like I, when I, I'm sort of three or four years ago, years before his sort of huge breakout, before he was you know the leading running back in the whole NFL. Um, it just seemed really strange that that season, you know, one of his best seasons, um, 
he just disappeared in the playoffs and I couldn't understand why. And then all of a sudden it came out that he had these sort of bad knees and you know, he had, he had the arthritis. And then obviously last season, again, still performed decently, but yeah, you were right. Like he missed, he missed that burst. So that being said, is there any hope that he returns to the Todd Gurley of old, or is it basically going to have to be the Atlanta Falcons environment that springs him back into, you know, the top 12 of running backs? Is there any hope basically for Todd Gurley? Is there hope? I mean, yeah, there's some hope that setting (laughs) helps him, but I mean, even last year he finished RB 14 uh, on a point per game basis. So it's like, yeah. Can out of there, and then you have you know this new slew of running. Okay, so let's. I mean, we can even break it down, right? Yeah. CMC, Barkley, um, uh, Mixon, Ch. Who else? Are, who else is in the top? You know, Dalvin um, Cook, maybe Dalvin Cook, even on a points per game basis, Zeke. potentially Zeke, uh, Alvin Kamara, Henry, even yep. is that Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara. Look, so, so there's eight guys, right? Just yep. we just right off the top of our head. So to think that Gurley is going to finish ahead of any of those guys on a points per game basis already, right? And be top 12. For me, I just don't see it happening. I hope so, right? Because from a health perspective, that would mean I'm wrong. And I'm all about being wrong, especially when it comes to a dude's health. Sure. Um, I just, I can't see it happening personally. I can't see him top 20. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't think he's going to slide back into the uh, top 12, top yeah. 12 again. And for people that don't have arthritis, like I don't have arthritis. I don't know what it feels like. I've had back pain, so I can... You know, I've never broke my back, but I can empathize with, uh, to some degree, with the Matt Stafford injury. I mean, I had like an L5 problem uh, from playing ice hockey. It's a very common lower back problem when you play ice hockey. It's basically just so you don't stretch out like your ass muscle enough <laughs> underneath, and that shit pulls because it's got too much tension. It's weird. Your ass muscle, I like that. Yeah, muscle. like I don't know what I don't know what the name of it is, but like there's a muscle in your ass. It's That's like, what they teach us in school too. They yeah. say this is the ass muscle. <laughs> so, uh, but I pulled that, and dude, it's fucking painful. Like that shit, I couldn't walk for like probably a good month. Like. Could, like really like I really couldn't walk and it was really painful so that's it that's an injury I wouldn't place on anybody um but that being said the Todd Gurley injury with arth- arthritis like what does it feel like right so if, if we're watching the game and we're just on our couch and we're not seeing Gurley cut the way we used to like what does he feel in his knees is it like yeah, a throbbing and, pain is it a stinging pain like yeah yeah so the way and 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 fun fact there is about between you and I there's a 50 percent chance one of us does have arthritis Wow. The problem you run into, and that's based off of all the studies they've done where they look at I cannot x-rays. lower your odds over here, too. I've got it in both shoulders, so I there can, you go. I can lower right. your odds for you guys. Oh, there so, you go. <laughs> there you go. And so the studies have shown essentially that what, when it becomes a problem is when it's symptomatic, like with Gurley. So like mm-hmm. arthritis is basically just how much cartilage you have on imaging. You know, That's essentially the definition. But then do you have symptoms? And Gurley has symptoms. And I, I, I haven't personally had symptoms either, so I can't necessarily say, but what the way that patients define it is it's a sharp shooting pain that sometimes goes down into their shin um, and sometimes down into their calf. And any time that they put weight through the leg is when it comes on hmm. and there's nothing that relieves it other than resting and, and like a little bit of, of, of distraction, what it's called, where you pull on the joint basically and relieve the, relieve hmm. the capsule a little bit, pull it apart. So it's like a sharp shooting throbbing, especially when it, when they, you know, plant and twist. Is it kind of like shin splints a little bit? Um, not quite. Cause shin, shin splints is like just down, you know, the front of the, of the leg. Right. Yeah. Um, it's more like, and it's, it's brutal because it's right across the joint line. So right at your knee. So, so mm. your patella, your kneecap right below patients report that it's literally across that entire band on the front of the knee. And then sometimes shoots just everywhere. 
So it's, it's not comfortable twisting specifically and planting. So, I mean, what does a running back do, you know, every yeah, day, right? All every play twisting and planting. So um, imagine getting a sharpshooting pain through your knee every single time that you plant and cut. That's, that's brutal. That's essentially what Gurley might be feeling every time he touches the ball. Jesus. That's pretty insightful for me. Cause for me, I'm obviously not uh, DPT, right. But my impression of arthritis is obviously wrong. I always thought it was more of like a mobility issue than a pain issue. Um, oh, no, it is too. No, definitely. So it's a little bit. So my mm-hmm. original thought with Gurley was, yeah, well, he might not be the same guy. It probably won't take him off the field. But if he's actually getting that pain, it, it could take him off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're not wrong either. I mean, it's a mobility issue. But a lot of times what you see with arth- people with arthritis is be- it becomes a mobility issue because they don't want to move that joint. And so gotcha. they just stop moving it and they, then they lose some of that mobility. So you're not wrong. So that could also be the case with Gurley. So it's kind of a lose-lose really because my brain had as like a lose, but he could be on the field anyway, but could be beyond that. So cool. Well, not how, cool, but. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool that we know. Uh, how does, how does Gurley fucking pass physicals? Like how did he, how did he pass his physical? I mean, he's got to do something rigorous, right? To show them that the, he can play and earn the money that he's earning. And that's, that's the thing too, is like every team's physical is different. And if you read the, um, everything, like there's this, I, sh- I wish I would have had it on me. There's a sports illustrated where there's a, a, a former team doc who walks through like how subjective team physicals are. And they'll go through, they'll sort of cherry pick like, Oh yeah. You know, are you okay? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, I can't tell you necessarily that he's not, you know, he couldn't pass a physical necessarily, um, but it sort of speaks to the volatility of what, like, we don't know about him. Like, maybe he does have good days, and maybe on, maybe he had a physical on a good day. Um, you know, maybe he just waited to do it. Like, we just don't know what went into the physical. Did they just look at, like, you know, because a physical can mean a million different things. Like, maybe they're like, hey, do you have shortness of breath? Yeah, you, you know, what's your heart condition? Let me listen to your heart. Sure. Um, let me take your, let me check your reflexes, you know, type thing. Okay, cool, a physical. Like, it just depends. It's so subjective. That's why Tua, when you saw in, like, what was that? Maybe, like, March? I don't remember. March, April-ish? You saw that Tua was, like, like failing, quote-unquote, failing physicals. Yeah, I saw that. And then, and then the hip doctor from Tennessee was like, this guy's fine. Like, he's okay. He's going to pass physical. It's just because they're so subjective. So I couldn't necessarily answer that question. But, again, it just speaks to the volatility. Yeah, we're just going to skip doing any types of drills that are, that'll put pain on his knee. All right, you right, pass. Right. Like, that's, I don't know. It just that's seems like. It's pretty easy to do, right? I mean, you can, you yeah. can imagine that happening. Yeah. It's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Um, cool, man. Uh, any other questions, Josh? Anything you got on your end? I think that was it for uh, me. I got like two quick, quick fire questions for you, Edwin. Um, <clears throat> percent chance you think they'll be ready for week one? Uh, I knew you percentages oh, man. Uh, just a ballpark like how confident are you in it wait that uh, who will be ready in week one there's two guys first one is Preston Williams with his ACL tear uh you man that's a complicated one the quick fire yeah uh, I put take, something take, out on Twitter take your about time we, we can add a fit we can add a bonus round <laughs> the thing about Preston Williams is he just came he never was on the pup he was never on the on the physically unable to perform which is a good sign at the same time or maybe he was, I have to double check that. But essentially uh, Brian Flores came out and was like, uh, it'd be nice if Preston could take some snaps with the first team uh, because it's a new con- it's a new offense and different concepts and he just might not be ready by week one. So like physically, I think he'll be ready by week one because that's just how the laws of averages in terms of, of how his, how his progression has been. Um, but like, 
I don't know if they'll start him because they do legitimately want him to, to, you know, learn the new offense and learn it in a, in a more productive way. And they might use, they might use the knee as like, not an excuse, but more of a like, Hey, just take your time with the knee. Cause he's just now rolling into the ninth month where it would be acceptable for him to come back to be a hundred percent full speed. Okay. The other guy I think is a long shot. I just, I'm always rooting for this guy. Uh, Week one, I don't think he'll be there, but do you think he'll be back by midseason? We'll go Will Disley. Do you think he has a oh, chance? Man. I don't Maybe this will answer the question for you. Okay. I am – I haven't paid any attention to Will Disley. Um, that, I don't even know when he tore – Yeah, I don't even know when he tore the patella or the Achilles. Um, I don't mean to, like, be disparaging to him. Like, he's a human. Like, he deserves, obviously, respect as a human – from like a fantasy perspective, I, I like don't even care when he comes back. I hope that I like I hope that like paints a picture of like how I feel about his physical health overall from a fantasy perspective, of course. No, totally. Yeah. No, I, I so Will Disley, one thing that I've always loved about him is he's still only twenty-four and it feels like he's been in the league and had uh some success in small stints and then just ruined with injuries every year. So I'm keeping an eye on him as like a, a deep stash in like tight end premium dynasty leagues, but yeah. uh yeah, any insight on the injury front is always appreciated. It's just it's just difficult. I'll say one one thing about him. It's weird and and it's like not normal. It's not average to hear of a 24-year-old elite athlete tear the two major tendons in his body. Like that's yeah. not yeah. that's a red flag. Like if there was ever yeah. a red flag, that's a red flag. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he has a connective tissue injury or uh, dysfunction. I don't know if it's because he's super unlucky, um, but sort of the point is like at best, like best case scenario, now we're here, right? We've gotten to the point where he's torn those two tendons and we know from the research that tearing even one of those tendons, you know, massively drops a player's uh, chances of even still being in the league. Obviously being super athletic helps him and, and, and his pedigree helps him. But like even one of those injuries is like a major blow. It's not a death sentence like it used to be anymore, but it's not, it's not a good thing. Understood. Thank you, Owen. Appreciate that. Good stuff. All right, man. That's a great place to wrap it up. We're going to have you back on in two weeks. We'll cover another slew of players. My guess is we'll probably end up covering um, we'll probably end up covering Debo Samuel. We'll probably cover Hollywood Brown. Uh, and maybe a couple of other. Yeah, a couple of other guys um, that are definitely hot in the market. I want to wait. I want to wait until uh, the plantar fasciitis talk comes out with Amari Cooper in training camp. We're going to wait on that one. <laughs> Again, right? Like a yearly yeah. ritual. Really. For Tradition real unlike any other. Exactly. <laughs> so just like right on time, we'll have you on for the Amari Cooper breakdown. Um, but, <laughs> but in any case, we'll, we'll talk about a few of those guys. We'll probably run another Twitter poll and have everyone check it out to, to vote on their player. Uh, but Edwin, thank you again for having you on uh, for a short time here. Go, uh, can you tell us where our listeners can find you? Yeah, at FB Injury Doc for all my short form, um, short form mistakes when I don't know that Devontae Adams went to school with Derek Carr. And uh, that's at FB Injury Doc. And then all my written stuff's over at uh, fantasypoints.com. Awesome, man. And of course, go check out your podcast, Injury ah, Pro. Yes, I'm supposed to say that. I'm the worst self-promoter. Injury Pro, <laughs> fantasy football podcast. You're I got supposed you, to go and rate that and review it and listen to it and the whole deal. Yeah. Yo, just, for, that. just for just for some uh, some side, a small side note, side story. 
So uh, for those of you who are not on Twitter, um, Edwin basically Edwin basically got hit, fucking parlayed by by the Twitter world. He uh, he went in and ba- what did you say exactly? You said something to the effect of like Derek Carr shouldn't be saying that or shouldn't be comparing a wider. I did. I did. I even did the condescending quote tweet thing. Watch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My wife was like, you sounded like a dick anyway. Why would you say that? And I was like, okay, well, that's fair. That's fine. All right. So what I said, oh no, dang it. I guess I don't have it up. Sorry. Tell them the story. I'll find it. All right. It's, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's one of these things where you, you say something and you know, it just didn't go quite the way it should have. You basically said that. Ah, here Carr, it is. Here it is. Here it is. I got it. All right, I got go it. Ahead. Yeah, you can say Okay. It. I'll read it. So I said, <laughs> QB... <laughs> This has got 25 retweets, 117 likes. Okay. QB who has never thrown an, an in-game pass to wide receiver from another team and another conference claims his new rookie teammate reminds him of said wide receiver from another conference who he has never thrown a pass to. Right. Of course, we were talking about Derek Carr um, and Devontae Adams, who did you know, by the way, guys, did you know Derek Carr and Devontae Adams went to the same school and played in the same uh, on the same team, and they were drafted in the same year in the same round. I Who I knew? did I didn't Who know knew? any I didn't know any of that stuff until you told everybody that Derek Carr has never thrown a pass at Devontae right. Adams. And I guess we buried the lead because it, because what Derek Carr said is that Brian Edwards reminds him of Devontae Adams. Exactly. That was the beginning of it, and then that's what I said. That's when I said what I said. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, was I put just, my foot in the mouth. My mouth now. Uh, you know what though, dude? Again, like it's just one of those things where Twitter just. Twitter was itching to fucking come at someone's neck. And you were... You I was just, the one. <laughs> bro, you were just the target of the day. Like, everyone came out of the woodworks, like... And, and I say all that because, dude, as soon as I saw people coming after you, I felt very protective over you. So I had to, like... <laughs> dude, I jumped into battle. I started, to, I started to throw fucking punches at people. I was like, you know... You did. Metaphor, you had my back. I appreciate that. Digital punches. I was ready to fucking roll, dude. I was ready to... I'm always nervous. All right, dude, low-key, always nervous. Because, like, you know, we, we do want to put out a good podcast here. And, like, I do really care about the content we put out, whether it's entertaining or informative, one of the two. But, of course, you can get trolls that are going to, like, oh, take yeah, your – they're going to take down anything you put up that's good, like anything on Twitter that – whatever. They'll, they'll do dumb shit. And then what dude, is what I'm most nervous about, right? Because the, the commission's our baby. Like, we were working on this really, really diff- – like, really hard. It's not easy to do what we're doing, right? And, and you're in, like, you're understanding – how hard it is to put out a podcast and keep up the brand and all that shit. It's not easy. I'm really nervous about them just like going in and throwing one star reviews at our fucking podcast. And I'm going to be like, right, 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 right. Cause they can easily do that. I'm like very nervous. So I have to like toe the line between like really getting in people's faces on Twitter where they find out where, where the podcast is and they start throwing one star reviews just to like get back at us. And also defending my boy who steps in it. <laughs> But I will defend you 10 times out of 10. So that's, did, that's kind of the mentality. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, there were definitely, again, like those are it's a small minority of the people that like came in. And just I had assholes. to own it. I mean, I was just wrong, right? I was just plain wrong. I was loud wrong. And you um, definitely leaned into it because I think oh, you yeah, brought yeah. it up again like two or three times. Just <laughs> I did. To I did. everyone that you made your mistake. I, yeah, I needed to let everybody know that I knew, that they knew, <laughs> that I knew, yeah. that I definitely <laughs> And you and it was great too because you were retweeting everybody's like fucking jabs. Like, dude, people were calling you some. I just, people are nice mean, names. man. Mean, dude. Mean people out there. Uh, all right, good stuff, man. I'm happy we cleared that up. You're a champ of all champs, uh, and of course, you are uh, the Doctor God of the fantasy football. <laughs> no, about that. I appreciate. I appreciate you saying that. I, I wouldn't go that far. There, there's no doubt about it in my mind.